What is up shaggers? Welcome to another episode of Shit About Shagging, the show where I talk shit about all things sex, love, relationships in the streets and on them streets. This week my shagger shenanigans is about dicks, not in the sense of the people who are actual assholes, but dick videos. So I got propositioned on Instagram a week ago by this guy and the messages he sent me were kind of outrageously out there but I'm going to read through the chat for you guys so he sends me a message at 8 45 in the morning this is the first thing I need to wake up to is him saying hi and sending a video I open up the video and it's him stroking his dick, not to like full completion, but literally just like wanking slowly and taking a video of it. Then he tried to call me and I ignored it. Eventually, later on in the day, I responded to him because I thought, let me just engage with this human and see what he's all about. So I responded, thank you. And that I opened the floodgates. I I did that. So he said to me, you don't like my dick? Can I see your body? Belize, I'm from Saudi Arabia. Then he sends two more videos and asks me what I think. At this time, I was with my cousin. So I told him I'm with company, but I'm from South Africa. And he tells me, I love your body. Can you take a picture of your body? And sends me yet another video. So this makes it now four videos of him just like stroking his dick. And he asks me, what do you think of my penis? So I know I should have just left it and stopped engaging with him at all. But I'm so desensitized from the shit. I decided to video chat him. So I open up the video chat and I switch off my camera. And he says to me, uh, hi, baby. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? And he was like, I don't speak English. And I'm like, what the fuck? okay, what do you speak? And he's like Arabic. So I asked him to say something to me in Arabic and then he ends the chat. So I was like, okay, well, problem solved. We're done with that. Then he sends me another message and he's like, do you want to see my uh, penis? Show me your chest. I want to see your vagina. Then he sends me a video that he keeps in the chat of him fucking his girlfriend Well, not really fucking. She was giving him head while she was playing with herself and he's recording it. And I'm like, this poor girl is trying to pleasure herself, do the deed for him. And he's just recording it and sending it out there to every Tom, Dick and Harry that, you know, is on Instagram. So he asked me, do I want to have sex with him? He says, I want to kiss you and kiss you. I want to hug you and put my dick on your thigh. My love, please show me your underwear, Belize. I want to grab my penis and move it fast. Where are you? And then sends another video. So eventually I tell him I'm at home now. And he asks me, can I photograph your body? So to fuck with him, I say, I'm shy. And he's like, Belize. And I say, sorry. And he was like, why? And I'm like, it's cold. I'm shy and I don't know you. Which is straight facts. Like I don't send nudes especially not on Instagram. Do not send nudes on Instagram. Send nudes on Snapchat. Snapchat for the win. They expire. And if someone takes a screenshot, Snapchat lets you know. On Instagram, you don't have that sort of information. You don't know who it's going to go to. 
So he asks me, what do I think of his penis? And I tell him it's impressive. And he says, you're so impressive. Please, I want to see your body. Do you want to take a picture of my penis? Take off your underwear. I want to kiss your body. So I decide now, fuck it. Let me video chat him again. And let me take it to the extreme. So I start moaning and he starts wanking off. But the problem is he was moving around. And then eventually, at some point, he's standing over what looked like a urinal and he's wanking off, which threw me off my game completely because I, I, was, I was watching him. I wasn't getting off on it. I was just fucking with him. But as soon as I saw that urinal, I was like, what about the aesthetics, dude? Do you not care? And then I ended the chat before he could finish off and never spoke to him again. But I, ever since starting this podcast, I've received so many more of these propositions and videos and pictures, which to, to a certain extent, I opened myself up to it. That's why it doesn't really bother me. But I'm just like the sheer audacity and clear cockiness and pride in your own junk is immaculate, immaculate. But shout out to that guy. Uh, he now follows the podcast. So if you're listening from Saudi Arabia, hi, baby. And yeah, this week uh, is a great one for me because we have the very first guest on the show, Kumo, who is a clinical psychotherapist, a sex educator in training and founder of Therapy in the Middle. And we're going to talk about simps and cool girls. So before I play the conversation that I had with Kumo, I'm going to define both a simp and a cool girl in my view for you guys. So a simp I read online somewhere is a sucker idolizing mediocre pussy. But basically, the, the simp is the man who loses his dignity in the grand gestures in order to win the girl over, who is more times than not unaware or uninterested in him. He's that where is my hug kind of guy who is so submissive to fulfill his interest desire, putting himself beneath her. This man often lacks game and con confidence, so he overcompensates with the gestures that are intended to be romantic, but more times than not come off as embarrassing or cringy. Famous simps in media include Jay Gatsby from The Great Gatsby, who's the ultimate simp, Charles Boyle from Brooklyn Nine-Nine when he was simping over Rosa, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's characters in both 10 Things I Hate About You and 500 Days of Summer, and the ultimate sitcom simp has to be Gunther from Friends. Before I go into what a cool girl is, uh, Gillian Flynn, who wrote uh, Gone Girl, defined uh, the cool girl in the most brilliant way possible. So I'm going to read the monologue that Rosamund Pike does from the movie. This is not the monologue from the book because it's different. But for reference, this is one explanation of a cool girl. Cool girl. Men always use that, don't they? as their defining compliment. She's a cool girl. Cool girl is hot. Cool girl is game. Cool girl is fun. Cool girl never gets angry at her man. She only smiles in a chagrined, loving manner and then presents her mouth for fucking. She likes what he likes, so evidently, he's a vinyl hipster who loves fetish manga. 
If he likes Girls Gone Wild, she's a mole babe who talks football and endures buffalo wings at Hooters. When I met Nick Dunn, I knew he wanted Cool Girl. And for him, I'll admit, I was willing to try. I wax-stripped my pussy raw. I drank canned beer watching Adam Sandler movie. I ate cold pizza and remained a size two. I blew him, semi-regularly. I lived in the moment. I was fucking game. When she does that monologue, holy crap. I think to myself, I can relate in so many ways except for remaining the size two part. But being that, changing yourself to be that guy is in essence what a cool girl is. A cool girl is the woman who rolls with the punches without being considered too girly or emotional. She's evidently one of the guys, but the hot kind of bro. Men want to sleep with her and other women want to be as carefree as her. She thinks she is the ultimate male fantasy, so she pretends to like what he does, but her authentic self soon gets revealed. She pretends not to care or need the man, no matter how emotionally taxing this is on her. Her cool girl act is to make him feel more comfortable without ever challenging his masculinity. Her obvious cliche lines are, I'm not like any other girls and I mostly hang out with guys because it's less drama, which is ultimate bullshit. Yes, guys, no, guys aren't less drama. Guys come with drama. Girls come with bitchiness and stuff like that, but guys do come with drama. Famous cool girls are obviously Amy Dunn from from Gone Girl, Donna Pinsonotti from That 70s Show, Vanessa, the love interest in Deadpool. Although for her, I don't think it was an act for Deadpool, but she is like the coolest girl. And Michaela Baines, who was Megan Fox's character in the Transformers franchise. I mean, Shia LaBeouf went fucking crazy when she talked about cars and that's just being a cool girl. So now without further ado, I'm going to play the recording that I did with Kumo. I'm so excited for you to for you guys to hear this and just to see what a therapist and a sex educator thinks about the cool girl and the simp personas. What is up, Shaggers? So here I am with the lovely Kumo, who is going to give us her professional intake on simping and being a cool girl. Kumo, for the people, could you just like tell us a little bit about yourself and why I wanted to talk to you, basically? Yeah. So hi, everyone. It's so nice to meet you all, to be on this platform with you, Zizi. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, So... (laughs) I'm a therapist. I am studying to be a sex educator as well. So I do a lot of um, therapy for queer folks, for LGBTQ folks, and um, people of color mostly. But I wanted to be on this podcast today because I do think that it speaks to a really important part of my work around kind of demystifying demystifying sex, demystifying, you know, what the conversations are that we have around sex how we converse with our partners, what relationships look like. Do you think the conversations we have about sex are basically only on a superficial level? You know, I think culturally, yes, because it's the only appropriate way to do it, right? I think we are very um, proper around how we discuss sex because 
you don't want to kind of, it's very easy in a lot of ways to dip into spaces that people maybe don't know about or are uncomfortable with. So I think in a lot of ways, it's not very clear around, you know, even just teaching young people how to be in relationships. So why sex education? Why did you want to get into that? You know, I think growing up in South Africa, I didn't really have a lot of access to appropriate sex education, right? I think I didn't know what I wanted my specialty to be when I got into psychology. I knew I wanted to do it, but I took a class in women and gender studies and was like, wow, gender and sexuality is so much more expansive than what I know. (laughs) That really, really intrigued me. I got really, really into why don't we know? Why don't we talk more about, you know, talk to young people, especially about what your gender means, what sex is, how to have sex, how to set boundaries with people. And I feel like that's a lot of the reason we have so many relationship issues with young people because we don't get taught how to be in relationship appropriately. So let's just get into it. This week's episode is about simps and cool girls, the labels that they've been giving on, get given on the internet through pop culture, through social media and everything. So we're going to start off with the simp. In your professional opinion, what is a simp? The way I understand a simp is it sounds like someone who performs excessive gestures or gives a lot of attention to someone they're interested in. Um, But it seems like that person is typically not interested in them as well. Um, I think in some ways it gives me like... Jay Gatsby. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's that's a good, that's a pretty good descriptor. Um, And the guy from 500 Days of Summer... I think that yeah. that's a lot of it. And I think in, in, it's funny because I think the two of them do it very differently. So I think yes. the description itself doesn't really encompass, you know, everyone, but it's like the, the goal seems different in the definition. And why is it that Sims are unable to rationalize or understand that the person that they are doing these gestures for they're unaware or just uninterested why do they continue doing that is that like a psychological thing or is it just that they're a lover of love and love is blind you know the and I think too like if we think about Jay Gap I don't know what the guy in 500 Days of Summer what's his name is I forget but I think Sometimes I, I, on the one hand, it seems like there is this idea about masculinity where, especially, and I'm thinking largely about heterosexual relationships, right? So it seems like there's this idea around masculinity or the pursuer, right? Maybe if it's not a heterosexual relationship, maybe the pursuer has this idea around maybe kind of owning the person, right? Having to do something to get that person and I think it's more about the challenge than the actual reward it's more it's uh, yeah and I think I'd say it's more about the challenge than communicating with the person that you're talking to it's more about what can I show you what can I show other people what can I show other men too right because I think there I kind of think that there is also the simp persona that is 
kind of the socially awkward one, the one that's like, I'm not sure how to talk to you in any other way. I don't know how to communicate effectively. And I think that there is that piece that comes from potentially shyness or feeling really anxious in with women. And then there's the other one that's like, I'm doing this for the bros or I'm doing it to show something. And I think a lot of that has to do with masculinity and how much in a lot of ways it teaches men not to hear boundaries. It teaches men not to listen to people. For sure. Because it's, it's, I think personally, I think something is more, doing it for yourself rather than doing it for the person you're actually interested in. You get that instant gratification once you make this grand gesture, regardless of how it's received. Right. And it's, and I think in a lot, especially now, I think even in personal relationships, I've experienced people doing these grand gestures. And a lot of the time I'm like, that's nice, but you didn't ask me if I like that. You're, it's kind of like, there's a, and I, I don't know, if it's just how we were raised, the community we were raised in, where like people have a lot of money to spend in some ways, especially like middle to upper class folks. Yeah. Um, and I think there is something about being able to show the world what you can do for your person, as opposed to listening to, oh, do, do they like this? Is this something that they would enjoy? Like the <laughs> idea of like petals and like that walkway of petals to a bed with like a really big sign is like really nice. But I've seen flowers and I'm like, I don't really like that. I'd exactly. rather have food. <laughs> but people are doing <laughs> things life. because of for the culture or because, you know, like it's the thing to do so you can show people what you do for your partner. And sometimes it, it feels like it's less about your partner and more about the show. Do you think it often becomes an obsession? I think in the context of the simp where someone is not reciprocating, this idea of being down for the chase starts to come up and then it can just become inappropriate. Um, I think especially because it seems like too, that the simp person maybe is less attractive and they're pursuing somebody who maybe is more, yeah, is yeah. Out of their league, um, a little bit high in social strata. And I think Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, and, and I think, too, it's a two-way street, right? Because maybe the person who's out of their league is enjoying this thing, just not reciprocating. And exactly. the person pursuing is potentially feeling like they just have to keep doing more in a lot of ways. But I do think that it can become an obsession. I, I do think so. I think that's personal opinion. That's No, that's, no I agree with you. I, I think it can be an obsession. But now I want to know... Why is it now on social media, you'll see all these people attacking men for doing basic gestures, such as ordering her an Uber. Why is that getting labeled as simp behavior? Is the bar, is, have we lowered the bar so much that the basic gentleman-like thing to do is now considered above and beyond something we're used to? I wonder if it's about where the act of kindness is coming from. Like I think, and what the intent is. yeah, you know, I th- I'm, I'm wondering like, what is the end goal? Because I think in a lot of ways as women too, we've been socialized to understand if somebody buys you a drink, they want something afterwards. If somebody, yeah. you know, is spending a lot of time with you, I mean, taking you out on a date, there's something that has to come after that. And so I think, 
in a genuine relationship where someone is genuinely trying to pursue you, they're probably going to respect your boundaries more than somebody who is doing it for some kind of end goal. And it seems like with the, even just, I think in, in what you sent me, there is this example of the guy who's like, where's my hug? Right. It's really weird. Like (laughs) you can also use your hands. I'm, I'm confused. Like, come and have a conversation with me. It's a very expectant (laughs) kindness as opposed to a genuine, you know, I care about you kind of kindness. And I think in some ways that might be the reason why it's being attacked in that way. Isn't the simp now basically what we used to call the nice guy? Because the simp will do everything for you. He'll be sweet. He'll listen. He'll, he'll, be attentive he'll buy you the flowers and everything isn't that the nice guy what is the difference between the two you know I think whenever I hear the term nice guy if ever someone is like nice guys don't get laid or nice guys don't get the girl I'm often like if you have to label yourself a nice guy you're probably not a very nice guy because I think every time I've heard that terminology, it's with somebody who thinks they deserve to have access to someone because of what they do. And so I think, I definitely do think that the simp and nice guy terminology are in the same box because yeah. the end goal is about, oh, I get something in return versus doing something because you care about someone or doing something because you genuinely want to. And I think even those nice guys, Usually people who might have been socially awkward, but then also the cocky man who thinks he has access to people. I think yeah. that, you know, they, they kind of fit into the same box. You're doing this because you want something as opposed to doing this because you genuinely care about someone. Shucks. So now how, how am I as a woman supposed to point out and fish out a genuine guy who cares about me? versus a simp who's doing this for his own pleasure or doing this for gratification from his friends or fluffing their own feathers like you said how am I supposed to spot it you know I I feel like it's such a therapist response but I feel like I want to say (laughs) understanding yourself in a lot of ways right we can't really avoid people hurting us or you know doing things because of their own stuff. But I do think that if you have boundaries, if you articulate your boundaries with someone and they don't respect them, it's probably an indication that this person doesn't have really great intentions. If, you know, if you're looking for a genuine relationship with someone, potentially it might look like simping because of what social media has blown it up to, right? Like the person who's being genuinely nice to you might it might look like that. Oh, sorry, excuse me. It might look like that, but I think I think communication is important. You know, we've spoken so much about how the simp is not is doing stuff, but no one's talking about are you communicating with this person? Are you telling them that you care about them, that you like them, yeah. that you you know, you want to be in relationship with them, whatever it is. And I think communication and boundaries are a really important way to build a healthy relationship. So recognizing if this person is acknowledging your boundaries, if they're respecting them, you're probably going to find yourself in a a little bit more like a healthier relationship. But isn't some, 
getting the simp, it's somewhat flattering. I mean, to a point it can become cringy and, you know, borderline creepy, but it's attention, which men don't often show that much anymore. So it's it's this difficult line that women need to walk and figure out because it's hard to have those conversations with the men and be like is this are you genuinely for me or are you just trying to do something or are you just trying to get something out of it but also why ruin this attention and this positive reaction that you're getting from someone knowing that it could possibly just end and you could be hurt in the long run so I think it, it's it's so difficult to navigate and try to understand. But I, I hear you when you say that the communication is key and that we have to have these tough discussions. And we're like grown now. <laughs> I see a lot of my Facebook friends are either engaged, married or with kids. We're like growing up and we should be making these more mature um, relationships and regardless of age actually the relationships you get into shouldn't just be for shits and giggles they should be they the person you meet doesn't have to be your husband or wife or life partner but it needs to add value to your life that relationship yeah and it seems a lot like you know this narrative around and and i think too like you know as you're saying the sense is somebody who's doing these really nice acts of kindness um and i think too like you said there is this difficult line right because it's kind of nice to have attention right it is mm. nice and recognizing like do I like this person or do I like the things that they're doing is really they're doing too me, yeah. right like is so, is yeah. this someone you're interested in or is this somebody whose attention you're enjoying and what does that mean for how you interact with them men who call out other men for simping are they pushing their own insecurities or is it a form of bullying what is your take on that is it jealousy i think it can be a number of things right it does sound a lot like um it sounds toxic to me it does it definitely i think it sounds a lot like trying to lean into what society believes men should be like right because it sounds like the simp person is you know, doing something that, that I guess it, uh, descriptions would say like lowers the dignity in some way, compromises yeah. their dignity. And I think a lot of toxic masculinity is about being in control, being in power, being the person who is in charge in some capacity. And I think when men see other men who seemingly are not, um, conforming to what masculinity tells them to conform to they turn to their own ways of navigating that which is teasing people bullying people you see that in homophobia right because yeah. it's the idea of leaning into the feminine parts of yourself or what is considered feminine right because I, I don't know that being a nice person is feminine um and so I think I, I definitely think it's bullying. I definitely think it's a lot about toxic masculinity and what society has told you you have to be like. I'm going to segue into my favorite one, the cool girl. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this one. Truly, I am. 
So do you think most women at some point of their life go through a wanting to be the cool girl phase? I don't know if everyone wants to be, but I think everyone is aware of it, potentially on some level, right? I wouldn't say that everyone does, but I do think that everyone is aware of what people like, right? Like if it's popular to be one of the guys, if, you know, if it means something about you, especially since we went to an all girls school, there was so much about <laughs> what it means to be the popular person or the, the girl that boys Can't like. Get the bros. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think, I think everyone is aware of it. I don't know that everybody aspires to it, aspires. but yeah. you know, I, I, I do think that it's something that everyone's aware of or has seen in some have, have you ever tried being the cool girl for an interest for someone that you had your eye on? Did you ever adjust yourself and your interests, your likes, your dislikes, your persona just to be that cool girl for them? <laughs> I definitely think, and I think, <laughs> I think the, um, the thing about it is that it didn't really work for me. I know I'm not that kind of person. And yeah. so tell us a bit about, about that. Yeah. I mean, I, growing up, I don't think, I think I, I, I fit into just like, the, you're just, every, just one of the people. I think, <laughs> I don't think I was, I don't, I wasn't exactly bullied, but I don't think I was particularly popular or, you know, well liked by everyone or a lot of people in that way. And I think that certainly, especially because of being in an all girls school, it, it felt like there was a lot to that had to be shown, right? I f it felt yeah. like, you know, we had to, every time boys were in the arena, I felt like we didn't really get taught how to be around them. <laughs> we weren't in classes with them, so they just kind of seemed like aliens or like something that we didn't really know. just up once every Yeah, while. yeah. And I, you know, I think it seemed a lot like people who were well-liked were people who had lots of guy friends. And so I think yeah. when it came to relationships and dating, for me, it felt like it was less about who I was and more about either who I was dating or what that person thought I was like. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't date a lot in high school because I think I didn't fit into whatever persona was necessary for dating <laughs> so you know it's it's difficult because I think I, I certainly did dampen parts of myself I didn't understand myself enough to know what was appropriate what I liked and what I didn't like and it seemed a lot like okay we're just going to emulate whatever it is the tv yeah. and the people around me do so what's the most cool girl characteristic or behavior you've ever taken on or characteristic that's very very not you right now today uh, let me see i think potentially allowing someone to take advantage of my boundaries 
without saying something. I think that that's also too a reason that I wanted to get into this work because sex education is about teaching people about how to have sex for the best pleasurable experience. But it's also about teaching young people about boundaries, about their bodies, about what people are allowed to have access to and not allowed to have access to and how to know when you're uncomfortable. Because I think that that's really something I didn't get taught. And I think in a lot of ways, especially when it came to sex, I was allowing my own boundaries to be bulldozed. So the cool girl, do you think she often lets go or diminishes her boundaries, especially sexual boundaries, just for the sake of the act, like sleeping with a guy on the first day because that's cool, he'd be down for it, but not necessarily something that she's comfortable with? I think when we want to label a cool girl, I feel like it's especially the person who is putting up a front because I do think that there are women who enjoy sex, who love sex, who, you know, have very different, everyone's boundaries are different. Everybody's understanding of themselves and their bodies is different. So in the context of the cool girl, I want to name too, that I'm saying the person who is putting up some kind of front for other people. And so I do think that in some ways that, especially because of what media has taught young women about what it means to be attractive to men, especially because everything that we do from the clothes that we wear to the ways that we get taught to communicate have to do with catering to men. Often we fall in at some point, I think all women have fallen into, you know, allowing our boundaries to be bulldozed because we want to be liked because we want to be a part of something. So I do think that it's probably a very common characteristic to allow the things that you don't want to happen to happen to you. And it's not necessarily anyone's fault, but I definitely think that it has a lot to do with women not being taught how to be present for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And to the point where it becomes unhealthy because you're, hurting yourself in the hopes of just getting this validation from someone else instead of validating or being able to not I don't want to say respect yourself enough but in to have self-validation so instead you go seeking it from other people even that if that means compromising your own morals and boundaries so how do how how can you spot when as as for a guy or for for the receiver of the cool girl persona how do you spot it from a girl who's genuinely just enjoys having sex who genuinely enjoys sports and being one of the guys how do you navigate between the different two i think again i want to make it similar to the question about spotting a simp is being present with yourself If you respect women, if you want to be in relationship with the person that you are trying to pursue, you're going to be respectful of them, right? You ask questions. I think in a lot of ways, you know, women get taught about how not to be sexually assaulted, but men don't get taught how not to sexually assault people. Assault. That means you don't have the right to anybody else's body. 
And so in relationship with people, it's about consent always. And so I think, you know, it's going to be difficult to recognize a cool goal, but if you are being the most present and respectful person within yourself, you're going to find yourself in relationship with the people you want to be in relationship with. Um, so you attract what you really want. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's in both situations, whether you're trying to suss out a simp or a cool goal, it's not going to be easy for you to do, but focusing on the person that you want to be, how you want to be seen Mm -hmm. in the world, how you feel most comfortable with yourself is going to allow you to find the people who gel with that. Okay. So you think that with you knowing yourself so well, you can almost repel the simple, the cool girl, if you are so confident and so self-aware in what you really want and what you are as a person, you can sort of put up that barrier to prevent them from entering your territory. Yeah, yeah, I think so, right? Because I think, for instance, you know, if I feel like someone is, doing a whole bunch of inappropriate romantic gestures. And I'm like, hi, thanks. I actually don't want you to stand outside my window with a boombox. It's kind of creepy. Please leave. (laughs) And the person continues to send me flowers, to send me notes, to stand outside my window. I'm eventually going to be like, please stop. If I know that that's not what I want, I'm going to say stop. And that person either needs to respect that or I'm going to, you know, go to other measures. Um, additionally, if you are somebody who is pursuing women and you are acknowledging consent in your relationships, if you are being genuine in those relationships, you're probably going to spot inauthenticity in some way. Inauthenticity (laughs) won't be able to enter your space if you are being the most authentic and respectful and genuine person within yourself. So I'm going to describe a girl and you tell me what kind of girl you think she is. Does she fit the cool girl persona? Is she, for the, sorry for my language, is she fucked in the head? Or is she genuinely just who she is? So she plays FIFA, Grand Theft Auto and Need for Speed. She can chug down a beer and doesn't mind eating burgers. She's down to debate any sort of football match as long as it's about her team, which she learned to love through her brother and father. She is sexually promiscuous and doesn't really control her boundaries. At the same time, she's also the girl who is sensitive but feels like she needs to hide that in order to get male attention and feels validated when she is conquers a man in her thoughts. What do you think of this girl? There are some things in there that I would question because I think in the beginning when you were describing her, I was like, okay, good for you. That's nice that you like those things, that you learn those things from people in your family who you care about. Um, And then I think there are some questionable things around like controlling boundaries, right? Does, you know, is it, I'm wondering what is it about? Where is, where is that coming from? Right. Is it about that she doesn't know them, that she still has something to learn about them? Um, 
the idea of conquering a man, maybe. I think, I don't think that's a problem per se, because I think in my head, this is my sex educator brain saying BDSM is a thing. Maybe she's dominatrix in some capacity. Maybe that's something she's interested in. So I wouldn't yeah. question it so much. There might be more to think about. Like, what does that mean to dominate somebody? Is it in the context of boundary communication? Because that's what BDSM includes and requires. So I think solely on the, within the context of the things that she's interested in and likes, I wouldn't say. Yes, you just validated me. <laughs> so. <laughs> I don't think okay. that there's anything entirely wrong or right about anything that was said. I think that there's Literally. stuff to explore, but I wouldn't say that. I, I wouldn't say any of those things fit. You're just a complex person. That's just... Okay, perfect. Because when I was writing out the description of myself after reading all these articles about the cool girl, I remember I was calling my friend Craig and I had my hoodie up and everything. And I was like, I'm a cool girl. Oh my God. And he was like, are you in the feels? Are you really in your feels right now? And I thought I was having... I thought I was going to have like a whole identity crisis. Um, so when I explained it to you, I was ready for you to say, no, she's fucked in the head. She's a cool girl. She needs to do some self work, um, evaluation, which entirely I do. And I am on that journey now. I know it's a little, it, I don't want to say it's too late, but I wish I had started it earlier in my life because for a lot of it, I did play the cool girl role and I was, I'm damn good at it. I'm damn good at it. I I can chat shit about you about Manchester United playing and how they play. But if you're not around as the guy I'm interested in, I'm not watching a match. I don't give a shit. My life will continue. Well, come on. I actually can't believe, well, firstly for myself, that I got through this interview and how enlightened you made me feel and the answers that you give me I absolutely love them and I appreciate you so much for coming on to the show and taking my interviewing virginity you were so kind about it the communication was adorable you made me feel pretty you know all the things this was better than I, I mean I didn't lose my virginity in a horrible way it was pretty average it was chilled but this this was more special than losing my actual virginity so thank you for taking my view card it was so good to see you to catch up with you and i am so so excited for this podcast to go places it is awesome it you know you are really addressing some important content and it's so relevant right now in all contexts i would love to come back in the future um I think we're definitely going to have you back, especially especially for topics that need deeper understanding. Because I can only, as I say in the show, I just talk shit about it. But some topics really do need some professional guidance and that sense of communication, which I think 
you've now become an ally to the show. You've become, unfortunately, part of the Shag Society, and I'm glad. Uh, do you want to hype yourself up a bit and promote yourself? Where can we, if we want to know more about what you do and therapy in the middle, how do we get a hold of you? So um, I'm currently working at a sexuality and gender expansive practice, so we do a lot of sex-positive therapy. Um, and we largely service people of color and queer communities because I think our experiences are very different to mainstream cis white folks experiences. Um, so yeah. you can catch me on my page at therapy in the middle on Instagram. Um, if you are looking for a therapist, we do international therapy. So Fantastic. if you are looking for a therapist, go to nycbloomtherapy.com. Um, I also do consulting, so I do mental health consulting, anti-racist consulting, um, gender expansive and sex positive consulting. So reach out to me. At, you can reach out to me on my Instagram at Therapy in the Middle. Um, I do a lot of videos on there around mental health um, and starting to kind of add a lot more sex positive content. So. So yeah, that was my first interview. Uh, let me know, guys, what you thought of it and everything. Comment, send me your thoughts on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. But before we end the show, we've got two questions for this week. So the first one uh, is, is sex really that important in a relationship? It's funny that I got asked this question because I had this discussion with Craig and my conclusion was sex takes up 49% of the relationship. I say that in the sense that it is really fucking important. We cannot downplay how important sex is in a relationship, but the emotional aspect of it can is more is more important if it's a healthy relationship. I wouldn't say it's 50-50 because that's just making it black or white and it's, it's, it's not that equal. Sli sex is slightly, slightly, like just the tip less important than the emotional aspects that you have in it. But if your sex life is lacking in the relationship, you are fucked, seriously. Because that person, if they're not getting satisfaction or pleasure from you, chances are they're going to go looking for it, for it somewhere else. Just like if you're not being pleased by your partner, you're going to go in search for something else. Maybe not intentionally, but you're going to trip and fall on a dick. It's as simple as that. So that's my take on that. The second question was, how long after sex should I wait before falling asleep? And I am so fucking grateful for this question because I have this issue. It's not a matter of how long you stay awake for that, that time, time is not of the essence in this. It's mostly what you do after the act. So it's important to note that post nut clarity is a thing for guys where they need to bring themselves back towards themselves and girls, if you had an orgasm, you're feeling slightly emotional and raw. So you need that moment to catch your breath. Although what you should be doing after that is cuddling. Cuddling is essential. You can fall asleep cuddling after sex, that's fine. Or you can watch a movie or do whatever the fuck you want to do. But cuddling is key because 
Personally, if I have sex with someone and then they just turn over and fall asleep, I feel used and I feel like a dirty little whore. That's that's my thing. So even if it's just like that fucking slap, I had a guy who I used to sleep with who would just like fucking slap his arm over me. And I was like, well, it's better than nothing. But the cuddling is important. The time, as in how long you should wait, I can't put a time on it. I can't say 10 or 15 minutes, then fall asleep. But it's the actions that you perform afterwards that make it vital. But guys, that's it for this week. Thank you so much, Shaggers, for listening to the show. You can hit it up by searching Shit About Shagging on Facebook. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at SASpodcast underscore. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to your listening apps to the show and follow me on all forms of social media at Zizi Siolo. And I will be coming for you, Shaggers, next week. <laughs>